one thing I love about sports is is we're just into it. We love it. We love, we're passionate about it. But one thing I don't like is every year, first game of the season, you're the NBA champions or you're the worst team in the NBA. There's no in-between. And the Grizzlies lost. So what? I guess that makes them the worst team in the NBA. That's what it feels like. So let's talk about it right now, coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on everyone and welcome back to locked on grizzlies i am your host today demichael cole beat writer of the commercial appeal right here in memphis tennessee i appreciate you for tuning in of this episode of locked on grizzlies with me today going solo without my co-host joe mullinax so i got you taken care of because we got a lot to talk about recapping last night's game between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. The Grizzlies lost the game 111-104. A lot of ugly things for the game. But you know what? As I said in the opening, people tend to have a, a lot of bold statements from, from one game. I, I, I don't know how that works, but it happens. But I, I nonetheless, I have a lot of things that I can take away from this game and uh, talking to the players, talking to the coaches after the game feel like there's a lot we got to uncover in today's episode, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But this episode is brought to you by none other than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest and it's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. So make sure you take advantage of that over there on Prize Picks. Speaking of taking advantage of, the Grizzlies were missing John Morant. They were missing Stephen Adams. They were missing Santi Aldama. Missing Brandon Clark. We're not going to really hover on the fact that they were missing Brandon Clark and John Morant. Knew that was going to happen for a while today. As of today is what, Thursday? As recently as Sunday, they didn't know that Stephen Adams wasn't going to be available. They didn't know that Brandon Clark wasn't going to be available. So guess what? After the game, these the guys did not make excuses. But Xavier Tillman acknowledged the fact that, yeah, there are some adjustments that you have to take into account. When you think, oh, we're going to have Steven Adams and Santi Aldama, and then boom, Xavier Tillman and Jaron Jackson Jr. are the only two players staggering the minutes at center at center over the full entirety of a 48-minute game. We went from talking about the Grizzlies having one of the deepest rotations at power forward and center to them basically using two guys uh, to, to rotate in between those spots. And David Roddy got some small ball for a run as well. But – uh, Xavier Tillman and Jaron Jackson Jr. rotated at center. No one else. No one else played center. It was those two guys uh, throughout the entirety of the game. And this wasn't the plan. This wasn't how Taylor Jenkins drew it up. 
But nonetheless, uh, there, are, there are a lot of things that we can talk about uh, went wrong in this game. The Grizzlies shot 12 of 43 from three-point range. Desmond Bain was cooking, right? 31 points, five rebounds, five assists for Desmond Bain. But no one else really seemed to find it. Xavier Tillman had 17 and 17 points and 12 rebounds, but he also shot 7 and 16 from the field, which you know, is fine if you're a guard. But, you know, a guy, Xavier Tillman, who does most of his work around the rim, you probably want that percentage to be over 50%. But that's just picking hairs because he was one of the better Grizzlies players on the uh, on the night on yesterday. But, I mean, Zyra Williams, nine points, one of three, three-point shooting. Uh, Jake LaRavia and David Roddy off the bench combined, I think, one of five on three-pointers. Derrick Rose made a couple three-pointers for you, but still uh, did not have the most efficient shooting night, you know, at the office. Uh, the Grizzlies just didn't get enough support. They didn't get enough support from the guys. We already talked about the fact of missing Steven Adams and Sante Aldama, and, boy, it showed uh, when it came to rebounding. The Pelicans, uh, you know, pretty much won the rebounding battle. And not only did they win the battle – uh, the Grizzlies came out with a great defensive plan, I thought. Uh, they they held Zion Williamson in check for most. Of I know he dunked on Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron blocked him too, so, he, you know, he kind of evened out. But the Grizzlies had the plan of Xavier Tillman Sr. guarding Zion and, you know, using his physicality, using his strength. And when Zion would drive the ball, they would crowd him, mainly Jaron coming over, getting the blocks and things like that, you know, with his help defense. But – with Xavier Tillman Sr. battling Zion Williamson, that meant that Jared Jackson Jr. was matched up against Jonas Valanciunas. And look, you're a Grizzlies fan, unless you unless you're a new Grizzlies fan here, I don't have to tell you how strong Jonas Valanciunas is. So with that being said, it was a tough matchup for Jaron, and you know he he struggled for a while. One rebound for Jaron Jackson Jr. at halftime, zero points. By the way, zero points, one rebound. Uh, he finished the game with nine. Nine points and and four rebounds, I think it was. So uh, he has to build on that performance. We're gonna talk more about you know Jaron Jackson Jr. in the next segment. We'll get more. We'll get more you know deeper into what happened to, with him. But this segment, I just want to talk about the vibes around the team because everyone tends to say, "Oh man, we, you know." I, I saw people saying things like, "You know, the people that were projecting the Grizzlies to be a play-in team, they were right." How do you know that? Is this Marcus Smart's second game with the Grizzlies? First regular season game? As as Zaire Williams told me, you know, it's a chemistry that has to has to come into play here. You know, uh, he he's learning to play with, you know, Marcus Smart pretty much on the fly right now. Then there's the new offense that the guys are getting adjusted. These aren't excuses. This is just simply stating the facts. Because guess what? You, you've been listening to Locked On Grizzlies. You know, if these things that we saw in this first game, if they become trends, if they become patterns, then guess what? I'm going to be the first person that you hear on here saying, hey, that's a problem. The Grizzlies need to address this or they're going to fall behind other teams. The rebounding wasn't pretty today, but, you know, we'll see where they go from here. We'll see what adjustments they make. As Xavier Tillman said before the game, he said you kind of want to get the mistakes out of the way early, you know, the first couple games, so you can know what you need to do to correct them. And that's kind of how you can assess this first game. Don't put too much stock in it because at the end of the day, Luke Kennard shot 0 of 5 on three-pointers. I bet you, you can count on one hand how many times that's going to happen uh, this season. And 
it's I mean, this guy led the league in three-point shooting the last two seasons. Shot over five. And speaking of Luke Kennard, while we on topic with him, uh, you know, he left the game late third quarter with the bloody nose. Uh, Taylor Jenkins said that he was being reevaluated after the game. So we'll have more of an update uh, on him potentially in the next episode uh, coming up. But the vibes around the team were good. I was in the locker room for a little bit with Marcus Smart, Jaron Jackson Jr., talking to those guys. And just talking, and, you know, they basically were saying what you'd expect NBA players to say. Like, man, look, it's one game of 82. Marcus Smart even said, look, I've been doing this a long time, and I ain't ever seen a team win the championship off the first game. I was like, yeah, you're right. It's never happened before. He said the day that that happened, he might quit. He quit playing basketball. And guess what? He, you don't have to worry about him quitting because the team will never win a championship by winning the first game of the season. So just breathe. Uh, there are, there's a lot of adjustments that have to be, be, you know, accounted for with this new Grizzlies lineup, with this new Grizzlies team. And I get it. I get it because guess what? It would be easy for me to say, man, we did all this talking about rebounded in the offseason. And guess what? The Grizzlies didn't rebound the ball great in this game. Taylor Jenkins even said it wasn't good enough. You know, to win. We did a lot of talking about how the Grizzlies need to improve the shooting. Not only just, you know, in the preseason. I mean, not only in the offseason did we talk about it. We talked about it in the preseason when the Grizzlies kept struggling to shoot the basketball. And guess what? They struggled to shoot the basketball in the first game. But I want to see. Let me give, we, you got to give them some time. This is a, it's a new lineup. It's a new offense. Let's see how it plays out. Let's see what trends develop. Some of these things is going to turn out. There were anomalies. Jaron Jackson Jr. is not going to average nine points for the rest of the season. I can pretty much guarantee you that. Luke Kennard is not going to shoot 0% from three-point range, you know, for the rest of the season. And it's the other way, too. Desmond Bain might not average 31 points. Uh, Xavier Tillman might not average 17 and 12. But with all that being said, the point is things are going to kind of go to the mean. So just be patient. Got to build up a sample size, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. And then we're going to revisit some of these things that were really concerning in this game. And then we'll dive deeper into them. Speaking of diving deeper into uh, what's going on here, we got to figure out what's going on with Jaron Jackson Jr. in that first game. But we're going to talk about it next coming up on Locked on Grizzlies. But before we get to that, we got to talk to you about none other than prize picks. Prize picks is the place to go right now to take advantage of the great opportunities that we have for you over at prize picks. Look, here's the thing about prize picks. Prize picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in no in North America. It's the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you're just up against the numbers, instead of battling all these people and thousands of players and the pros and the sharks, you can pick more, Dan, or you can just go with less than. You can say, oh, I'll, you could do two to six player stat projections. And all you got to do from that point is just watch the money come in because the winnings are going to roll in at that point. All you got to do is take advantage of this great opportunity. What you need to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. And remember, locked on NBA is in all lowercase, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, NBA. And use the code locked on NBA. For a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA and you get a first deposit match of up to $100. Make sure you take advantage of that great 
opportunity. Because look, you don't you don't want to miss it, man. You, you you really 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 don't want to miss it. But this episode is also brought to you by the one and only Ibotta. Here's the thing about Ibotta. Uh, how does free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete. Because at the end of the day, look, man, who wants turkey if you can't get the gravy with it? I I, I know I don't. I, I, I know I like my turkey with a little bit of gravy with it. So guess what? Start November 1st. For the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. All you have to do is just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete this year. All you got to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt, and Ibotta is going to take care of you. Now all you got to do is download the app right now. Download the Ibotta app. Ibotta is I-B-O-T-T-A. Download the app now and use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, all lowercase, to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting on November 1st. Coming up next on Locked On Grizzlies, we got to talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. He didn't have a great game, so we got to get into it. So stay tuned for that coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. I am your host, DeMichael Cole. Beat writer for the Commercial Appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Recapping the Grizzlies' 111-104 loss to the New Orleans Pelicans on last night. And quite frankly, it wasn't pretty. You know, the Grizzlies, you know, they kept fighting. Got to give them credit. I mean, the the Pelicans were throwing some haymakers. They they were going up double digits. And next thing you know, the Grizzlies just kept fighting. They kept fighting. And talking to Xavier Tillman Sr. after the game, he was like, man, we, we just we couldn't get over the hump. You know, they were right there. And let's just let's just call a spade a spade. One reason the Grizzlies couldn't get over the hump is because one of the players that they're depending on the most, Darren Jackson Jr., did not play like a guy who was an all-star last season. Uh, Darren Jackson Jr. struggled. But I don't think his performance was as bad as the numbers looked. I don't think so. Well, let me tell you why. Number one, he finished with three assists. Let me get into how that happened. Talking to Taylor Jenkins after the game, Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson Jr. himself, a lot of people were talking about how the defense is pretty much crowded, Jaron. We talk a lot about this new offense, right? In the preseason, if you watch the Grizzlies, we saw Jaron get kind of a lot of running head starts, a lot of opportunities from the top of the key where he could dribble, go off the dribble, and go into the teeth of the defense with his 6'11", 260-pound frame and either draw fouls, draw contact, or finish at the rim. And he was doing a decent job of that in the preseason. But in this game, the Pelicans basically said, we ain't letting it happen. That's one reason why the Grizzlies took 43 three-point attempts and talking to Taylor after the game and a lot of other people, they say, oh, we like the shots we got. Say, man, you don't see the Grizzlies take 43 three-point attempts a lot, and they like those shots. Some of it may feel forced. Well, guess what? The reason they like the shots, uh, part of the reason they like the shots, is because you got a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr., who was putting relentless pressure on the paint, and he was kicking the ball out. Again, I said Jaron Jackson Jr. finished with three assists. I know you're probably thinking, whoop-de-doo, three assists? Well, guess what? Go look last season. Don't tell me what Jaron Jackson Jr.'s season high and assist was last season. Matter of fact, don't even don't even go through all that work. I'll tell you myself. It was three. It was three. 
Jaron Jackson Jr. had six games last season of three assists. It's not a big number. It's probably thinking you're probably thinking here that's kind of sad for you know a guy with his skill level. And yeah, it is. But it's what me and Joe Monax have talked about throughout the entirety of the offseason. Jaron Jackson Jr. has to be a better playmaker. He only had six games last season with three or more assists. First game of the season, three assists. Step in the right direction, if you ask me. We'll see where he goes from here. He's kind of, you know, talks about the game. He kind of has the understanding of, you know, this is how teams are going to guard him. He's going to see a lot of double teams. And as I wrote in my story after the game with commercialfield.com, you can go check that out as well. Uh, I wrote about the fact that, yeah, Desmond Bain got the best perimeter defender for the Pelicans in Herb Jones. But it was Jaron Jackson Jr. who got the most defensive attention from the Pelicans. Let me say that again. Desmond Bain got the top defensive assignment in terms of Herb Jones, you're our best defender, go get Desmond Bain. But Jaron Jackson Jr., when he drove that basketball, it was Pelicans all around him. And that's why you look at his stat sheet, you see, man, Jaron shot two of nine. But you also see that five of those shots, five of those nine shots were three-pointers. And the reason is because that was the only time he was open. He could only get open was to shoot those three-pointers, and he didn't make any of them. 0-5 from three-point range. You need better offensive production from Jaron Jackson Jr., and better offensive production isn't necessarily to score. I think with his talent level, that's going to come. You know, you, you don't worry about, you know, him, you know, necessarily as a scorer. You just need better, you know, efficient play. You need him to uh, out of those double teams to be able to attack. You need him to get to the free throw line a little bit more. I know a couple people felt like he got hit some and a couple calls didn't go his way. But overall, I think that's kind of what went wrong for Jaron Jackson Jr. At the end of the day, the Pelicans had an excellent game plan uh, to kind of basically say, we're not going to let him beat us in the paint. We're not going to let Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, play bully ball and dominate on the inside. We're going to collapse, and we're going to make these Grizzlies players shoot the basketball from me. That's why when Memphis goes 12 or 43 from, from three-point range, it just can't happen because we've talked about it, right? The Grizzlies are emphasizing with this new offense, the, uh, the big key to it. The big key to this offense now is spacing. That's the key. Guess what? There is no such thing. I don't care. You could put five guys behind a three-point line, but there's no such thing as spacing if teams don't believe those guys are going to knock down the three-pointers. And again, Desmond Bain was 5 of 10 from three-point range. You take away his 5 of 10, I mean, I don't have to tell you the numbers. It wasn't pretty. The rest of the team made seven three-pointers, and that includes Derrick Rose going two of four. You're going to need, you know, better scoring around Desmond Bain and no, no one. No one should should be uh, questioning who that player should be because it should be Jaron Jackson Jr. I've been on the record saying that I think that Desmond Bain is going to be the leading scorer while John Morant's out. But Des, but Jaron Jackson Jr. should be averaging 20. He should be. We'll see what happens. You know, of course, I, I think it's brilliant for defenses to, to zero in on him. But guess what? Giannis Antetokounmpo gets double team. Nikolai Jokic gets double-teamed. Joel Embiid gets double-teamed. It's no excuse. You're an all-star. You're one of the more talented bigs under 25 in the NBA. It's no excuse. Just got to go out there and dominate. It's that simple. Uh, speaking of going out there and dominate, 
uh, a lot of Grizzlies players didn't do it, but one in particular didn't even have the opportunity to go out there and dominate, and that's Kenneth Lofton Jr. So what happened? I asked Taylor Jenkins after the game what happened to Kenneth Lofton Jr. We're going to reveal what he said in a little bit. But before we do that, uh, we got to talk about one of our sponsors on today, and that's FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel is where you go to make every moment more. Uh, and look, snap into the NFL season right now with FanDuel simply because FanDuel is the number one sports book it is out there. Right now, new customers, you can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. All you got to do is place the sweet little $5 bet. And yeah, I know the math doesn't sound right, but trust me, it's right. $5 bet, $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. You don't even got to win. You can lose, and you still get $200 in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about FanDuel, joining FanDuel and you still haven't made the jump yet, well, let me explain it to you a little bit. The app is easy to use, but you get your money back really fast. If you win, you can get your money back pretty much the next day. And there's a wide range of betting options. You, know, you got the spread. You're betting you know, how much a team is going to win, how much a team is going to lose by. You got the player props trying to project maybe how many points, how many rebounds a guy's going to score. In football, you're trying to project how many yards a guy's going to get. You got the over and unders, which is self-explanatory. Then you got much more. You know, me personally, I told you I like the same game parlays where you can choose one game and you can make a parlay off of the things that you think will happen within that game. Go check it out for yourself. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. And locked on is in all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to kick off the NFL season and go take advantage of all the great betting opportunities everywhere. FanDuel.com slash locked on is where you go. Coming up next, we got to get into this Kevin Lofton Jr. conversation because uh, I think it's time we had this conversation. So let's do that coming up on Locked On Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. I am DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee, the most beautiful land in the world, recapping game one for the Memphis Grizzlies. And if you just tuned in, I just wanted to say the main things were, one, don't overreact to get one game. Two, three, four. When you build that sample size up, we can revisit. But right now, we're just going to notice the trends. The trends on the Grizzlies didn't shoot well. Uh, they got out-rebounded. They got outplayed. Jaron Jackson Jr. didn't play well, and he needs to play much better. Those are the things that are very obvious. But let's see if they turn into trends over the course of time. Well, let's get into this front court talk, specifically with Kenneth Lofton Jr., because – that's the question, right? No Santi, no Brandon Clark, no Steven Adam, and Kenneth Lofton Jr. still didn't crack the rotation. Look, man, it, it's, ain't no way to sugarcoat this one. That ain't good. That's not good. Yeah, The Grizzlies basically played two guys at center rather than play a guy who they gave a standard contract to at the end of last season. Put him on a 15-man roster. He sat on the bench while two players played the minutes at center. I asked Taylor Jenkins, you know, after the game, said, why no Kenneth Lofton Jr., even though the, the bigs were, were pretty much uh, shorthanded in this game. And, and you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. did a good job of staying out of foul trouble. 
I'll give him credit for that. Xavier Tillman Sr. as well did a great job of staying out of foul trouble. So both of those guys stayed on the floor primarily. But here's what was said from, you know, Taylor, Taylor Jenkins in terms of, you know, why, you know, Kenneth Lofton Jr. wasn't on the floor. He basically said that uh, he wanted to go more with the small ball lineups, which, again, I said David Roddy uh, got the playing time there. And Kenneth Lofton Jr. is a guy who in the coming days, as he figures out the rotation, I want to make sure that I say that too. Taylor Jenkins made it very clear that he's kind of testing things out right now. There's no set rotation just because Jake LaRavia and David Roddy got the backup minutes. Uh, doesn't mean John Conchar, who also got a DNP, uh, won't get backup uh, wing minutes in the next game. And it also means that Kevin Plonthan Jr. potentially in the next game could be a member of the rotation. So uh, this was a one-game thing. Grizzlies are still trying things out. We'll see what happens. But I just think it's noteworthy because I watched that Grizzlies bench uh, struggle scoring just like you did. And we can talk about defensively what Kim Lofton Jr. lacks. But I just think it's worth a shot at this point. Why not throw him out there for a little three-minute stretch and say, go show us something. Because nothing that we've seen in terms of his on-court production so far uh, hasn't shown us that he can't at least be a serviceable backer. I don't care what you think. Based on what we've seen so far, uh, whether it's G League Rookie of the Year, whether it's him having a 42.15 rebound game in his one start in the NBA, I know it was against backups and whatnot, but 42 and 15 is 42 and 15. You ain't doing it. So, look, (laughs) it was impressive. With all that being said, I feel like it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. Throw him out there. See if he can provide something. We've seen it last year. Remember that Spurs game where the Grizzlies struggled and, and threw Kenneth Lofton in there late in the third quarter, provided a spark for the Grizzlies that came back and won that game against the Spurs? He he could be a spark plug for this team. Uh, I think especially if Santi Aldama is out going forward, and you know we'll see what happens. Again, the Grizzlies say Santi is day-to-day. I was at shoot-around on yesterday morning where his, you know, his right ankle was taped up. Didn't really look like a regular day-to-day thing. You know, If it, I, I don't want to put my doctor guessing hat on, but if you basically said to Michael, guess, I would say that he's probably going to miss the next couple games. You know, I, I could be wrong. You know, Santi uh, hasn't been hurt much, so I, I don't know how fast of a healer he is and whatnot, but I, I could be wrong there. But, but yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with Santi Aldama overall. But the point here is Kevin Lofton Jr. is going to get opportunity regardless at some point. He's got to be able to answer when his number's called. We all know about the defense stuff. I'm not going to really, you know, get into that uh, yet because, quite frankly, um, you know, I feel like there was reason to not to put him on the floor from a defensive standpoint. You know, I think about uh, the good he would have provided was with the rebound. You know, you know, Kenneth Lofton Jr. can really rebound the basketball. But in this game where you're going against, you know, Zion Williamson, we saw the Pelicans played him at the five a little bit. And I think Taylor Jenkins pointed that out as well. And he alluded to that when he talked about going more with the small ball lineups. So this could have been a matchup thing. It could have been very, very much just, hey, 
this game was not a game that Kenneth Lofton Jr. matches up very well. Or it could have been a sign. I think it's a little bit of both. I think the fact that you only had two guys pretty much playing center minutes and one guy, Jaron Jackson Jr., playing a lot of the uh, power forward minutes with a rotation of guys like David Roddy filling in in the small ball role, it's a little concerning. It's a little concerning. I tell you, it's concerning enough for me to say, you know, if the Grizzlies ever need to make a move and you're wondering who who the guy is probably going to be, it's, it's going to be one of two guys. But John Contra's contract is a little bit safer right now. I'll just leave it at that. His contract is a little bit safer than Kenneth Lofton Jr.'s. I'm not ready to close the door on Kenneth Lofton Jr. yet, uh, but I'm not in the Grizzlies' front office. I'm not sitting on the Grizzlies' bench. We'll see how the next few days, how the next month, uh, just how this time frame kind of, you know, what it reveals about what the Grizzlies want to see and how the Grizzlies feel about Kenneth Lofton Jr. Thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen each and every day. Every day is, I appreciate you guys so much. On tomorrow's show, uh, we'll be back. It's going to be me. It's going to be my co-host, Joe Mullinax. And we got a lot to talk about with the Grizzlies, uh, primarily the, the defended NBA champs are coming to time are coming to town. They're going to be in Memphis. Nikolai Jokic will be here. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon in the game. Uh, that's going to be a tough game. How about that? You, you start the season 0-1, and, one, and to, in your second game, you, you don't get a letter. You get the Denver Nuggets. So we're going to break down that as well as a bunch of other things. The Grizzlies are not practicing today. They're getting a day off, well-deserved day off. So uh, you no practice updates. But primarily, we'll talk about the game on tomorrow but thank you guys for tuning in to locked on grizzlies and remember we're free and available wherever you get your podcast until next time i'm demichael cole we'll see you on locked on grizzlies